who has ever heard someone say, oh, that smell reminds me of this, or oh, that smell reminds me of, <laughs> yeah. We've all had those moments, right, where a smell has reminded us of something. Now, our sense of smell is very, very closely related to our memory. A smell has a powerful way for us to remember a moment. You know, for me, for example, the smell of the ocean is going to make me think of going to my grandparents' house in Seashell when I was a kid, um, going fishing with my grandpa on the ocean, catching some cod, and seeing all of the bigger fish get away every time. You know, or how about the smell of fresh baked bread? Oh, so good. Man, when I think of bread and the smell of bread, my brain instantly goes to hot crust buns around Easter time. We'd go to my aunts and uncles or my grandparents or sometimes my mom would host. And we would just have like just insane amounts of hot crust buns. Like you could eat all day and they would just keep coming out of somewhere. And there was ample amounts of butter icing to go along with those. And I should be a lot heavier than I am, let me tell you. I did not have a lot of willpower to stop. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not professing to have, like, ample amounts of knowledge in this. But the part of our brain that processes smells is closely connected to the parts of our brain that process memory. Okay? So there's this scientific reason of why smell is so powerful to us. But more than that, God created us to have these qualities. Perhaps it's so powerful even because it's something that we see described by God over and over again in the Bible. Smell, the scent. You know, there were scents that God said were pleasing or that he took delight in. You know, that we can all think of something right now real quickly that's like, oh, that smell. You know, the smell of a barbecue. Mm, I'm getting hungry. <clears throat> but there is also sense that we're displeasing to God. You know, that toilet starts to overflow, and there are smells coming out of there that you do not want to remember, but you do. Let me tell you, you do. Now, in the Old Testament, in the, times of, in the time of Noah, he built an altar after the flood bar subsided. And Noah made a sacrifice to the Lord, and it says in Genesis 8, verse 21, and the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice. You know, you throw some, some tenderloin steak on that barbecue, and mm, that is going to smell good. Maybe that's what was on the sacrifice, a big, fat cow. I don't know. But God was so pleased. He even made a promise that he would never send a flood like that again. And as far as I know, he has kept that promise. I have not seen floodwaters come up over the whole earth. You know, it's not happening. Why? Because Noah offered a sacrifice that was pleasing. The scent. It was like, mmm, that is good. It was something the Lord delighted in. Now, there are lots and lots of stories in the Old Testament that involve scent, the smell of it, Right? But there is one in the New Testament that is incredibly important. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, right? You know, Jesus laid his life down for every single one of us. We're jumping right to the gun today. We're not holding anything back. 
Jesus, he laid his life down. He was the perfect sacrifice. He defeated sin. Paul writes this in Ephesians 5, verse 2. Live a life filled with love. Following the example of Christ, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. He's a pleasing aroma, that wonderful scent to God. This is the gospel, church. This is it, the perfect and sweet aroma to God. The news that Jesus came and died for us and came back to life is life-giving to each one of us. What would we have to offer the world if it weren't for that? Not a whole lot. Paul also writes this in 2 Corinthians 2, chapter, or verse 15. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. That sounds good to me. If my life can even be a glimpse of the aroma that Jesus gave off, oh, that is something to strive for. That is something that your Axe deodorant will never live up to. <laughs> for those of you that have ever gone into the store and just sprayed a whole ton, yeah, don't do it. It's bad. They are not meant to mix, people. But, you know, isn't that awesome that we know that God delights in us? The scent of his people is a sweet aroma, is Christ-like. So the title of today's message, that was the intro, just so you know. <laughs> that was more than the intro. The title of today's message is The Fragrance of Our Witness. Or in other words, what do you smell like? <laughs> what do you smell like, church? What do you smell like to others? Or how about what do you smell like to God? That might be even more important. You know, does God plug his nose when you do something? Or does he take a deep breath in and go, oh, that's the stuff. That is, that's good. Give me more of that. You know, throw another one on the barbecue. Yes. Let me smell that again. You know, that's the kind of thing that I hope that God does when, when I do something, when I step out for him, that it's a sweet smell to him. Now, I believe that you can give off two scents in life. There are two different kinds of scents, and no, I'm not talking about colognes or perfumes or any of those kind of scents, or your brain could go to somewhere far more foul than that, and we're not giving off those scents either. No, those aren't the kind of scents I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fragrances or aromas that you can give off spiritually. So the first one is, do you smell good to the world? Or in other words, do you stink to God? Does he go, oh, that could gig a maggot? You know, is that the kind of scent we're giving off? Or number two, do you smell good to God? Is, is it a scent that God's like, yes, that's the one, that's the one, that's the good mix? And do you stink to the world? You know, which one is it? What category do you think you fall into? You know, if I'm going to be honest, I've probably flip-flopped between the two throughout my life. I ain't perfect, but I know which one I want to smell like. In 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 to 16, Paul writes this. But thanks be to God. I love how he starts off with that. He starts off with thanksgiving. Thanks be to God. For through what Christ has done, he has triumphed over us, so that now whether we go, wherever we go, 
He uses us to tell others about the Lord and to spread the gospel like a sweet perfume. As far as God is concerned, there is a sweet, wholesome fragrance in our lives. It is the fragrance of Christ within us, an aroma to both the saved and the unsaved all around us. To those who are not being saved, we seem a fearful smell of death and doom. While to those who know Christ, we are a life-giving perfume. So that's where I'm getting those two different scents from. Are we smelling good to God? Or are we smelling good to the world? Because it's going to be one or the other, church. There's no lukewarm in the middle. It's one or the other. So the question still stands. What do you smell like? How are you smelling today? Do you have your Jesus pit stick on? I don't know. <laughs> I like all of two laughs in the room. So if you're at home, I hope you're laughing harder than that. Paul is someone that we can read about in the New Testament. It always blows my mind how he continued to not lose sight on the mission. Paul was someone who was thrown in jail, and he still carried that sweet smell of the gospel, still carried that sweet smell of Jesus. He didn't lose sight of why he was on the earth. He had it. He understood it. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, to be a witness, to share to others the gospel, and in turn, God is taking delight in his fragrance the gospel being shared. That's how Paul lived his life. It is a great example for us to follow. Even when Paul was in jail, didn't end. He did not say, well, you know, I'm, I'm locked up here. I guess that's it. Might as well lay down on this incredibly uncomfortable mattress and just call it quits. No. He did not let his sweet fragrance to God turn into something sour and rotten. Here he writes a letter of encouragement to the church in 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 to 11. It says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time. That was the plan from the beginning of time. To show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of us and now he has made all of this plan to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way of life and immorality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. God saved us so we could live a holy life. That was the plan from the very beginning. That plan has not changed. There was no plan B. God's ways are true and they are consistent. There is a plan A. God saved us so that we could live a holy life. God did not say, oh, change the plan, guys. Just tapping out on that plan didn't quite work out, you know. I don't want to save people anymore. Let them burn. No, that was not Jesus' heart. That is not what God changed the plan to. He did not send Jesus because he gave up on humanity. He did not send Jesus because he gave up on his creation. He sent Jesus to be a savior to the world. God saves, and I am grateful for that. His 
Grace through Jesus saves. Since that plan has not changed, I wonder at times why we have changed it. I'm just as guilty as anyone else for changing the plan at times and, you know, taking matters into my own hand, going my own way, getting my stink on. <laughs> but who are we witnessing to? Who are we telling people about Jesus? This is something that God is challenging me on constantly. How am I reaching people? How am I sharing the gospel? Who's in my circle? What does my circle look like right now with COVID? I don't know. It keeps changing. Just because COVID hit, which wasn't a secret to God, wasn't a surprise to him, he saw it coming 10,000 years in advance. <laughs> Who are we to say, I'm just going to stay home, which I'm not saying staying home is bad right now, but I'm going to stay home. Church doesn't matter anymore. I'm comfortable with what I have going on. The fragrance, the sweet smell that God desires is the spreading of the good news. What smell is God smelling? God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. That's found in Ephesians 2, verse 8, and 10, 8 to 10. You know, back in March, my wife, Caitlin, she got this picture that I want to share with you tonight. And uh, it's pretty neat. So she saw herself in the middle of a jungle. You know, it kind of felt like those new Jumanji movies, which I'm totally not endorsing right now, but it kind of felt like those new Jumanji movies when they respawn and they're just like, whoom, into the middle of nowhere. Hey, that's how they respawn. In the middle of nowhere, you get dropped in, just like that. That's what it was like in her picture. But she landed in the jungle, and where she stood, the jungle was tightly pressed up against her. Couldn't, there was no paths, no trail signs, no nothing, just jungle all around. She felt like God said to her, pick up your machete and start bushwhacking. Pick up your machete and start bushwhacking. No matter what trail you make, I will be with you. Church, we've never been in a pandemic before, at least in this generation. We're in the middle of history right now and full of unknowns. No matter where we go, God is with us. No matter where you go, God is with you because we carry him inside of us. That jungle, Kate felt, was like his spirit, so close, so alive, you know, like a lush rainforest. That was his spirit wrapping around saying, no matter where you go, I am there. There was no mistake she could make in that jungle if she walked with him. We are living in a jungle. Every single one of us, we're living in a jungle. But the good news is, is that God has never left us. Things might be different, things might be hard, but God has never left us. He has no intention of leaving us. 
Whether we stand completely still or walk through the jungle, he wants to be close. He wants to guide us. So I have three questions to ask. And as I ask these, let's, let's give an honest thought to them. And hope, I hope that this will help give us an idea of how we've been smelling as we've been going through life, as we've been dealing with things. This is like our little self-check right now. So number one, who are we listening to? Who's the main voice in our life right now? Is it the news, the media, different people's opinions that bring in doubts and fears? Who are we listening to? Well, I can tell you that there's one voice that we definitely should be. The voice we need to be listening to is God's. We need to be listening to his Holy Spirit. What's he got to say about all of this? What does he want us to be doing? What, is he, what, what steps does he want us to be taking? He's the only one who truly knows and understands what is going on. I mean, you read the news, you read anything from anyone else, and it changes every day. Why? Because everyone's still trying to figure out what's going on. But God knows. Why? Because he can see the other side of this thing already. He knows what's on the other side. So why don't we go to him and take a listen? If we can choose to listen to his voice and choose to obey what he says, he will navigate and steer us in the right direction. That jungle's thick. But if we're having our ears open, if we're listening to God, he's going to help us know where to go. He's going to help us know where to bushwhack. He's going to help us know how to use that machete to get where we need to go. So first one is, who are we listening to? That's important. Second one, what does it look like? Does it look like gentleness and kindness? To speak hope into our world. Where is our impact right now? You know, a lot of, for a lot of us, it's like a digital world. It's like we're living in Tron, the grid. You know, it's like... It, the whole world has changed a lot in the last three to five months and is very digitalized. A lot of us are living through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, Twitter, Snapchat. There's probably way more that have been created since this whole thing started. These platforms were created for community, for creativeness, creativeness and things that sound good. We need to remember, church, that our life is on social media. Almost every single person here is on social media, if I were to guess. I don't actually have all of you as friends, so I can't say that without, with certainty, but a lot of you probably are on some kind of social media platform. The gospel should be too. If we're there, the gospel should be there with us. Why? Because Jesus is there with us. If we're walking in step with Jesus, if we're being obedient to what he's talking to us about, Everything that we're doing should be just like oozing the essence of Christ, right? That's the smell that should be coming out no matter what we're like. It's like a 4D experience. You can see it, you can hear it, and you can smell it. You can smell it so good you could almost taste it. <laughs> Our world is hurting right now, church. And we need to be careful not to get caught up in what the world is fearing and doing as it can be hurtful to you, to others, and to God. You know, we can damage the power of our testimony by our actions. 
We can affect the way that we're giving off sense to other people around us, to the church around us, to people that need to hear about Jesus by the things that we do, the things we say, the things we post. So here are some examples of things that I would probably put out there is, why are we posting these? Why are, why are we getting this out there? And some of these are going to be a little bit sharp, <laughs> but it's something that I feel like needs to be said, church, because if we're letting these things happen, who, whose voice are we giving? Profanity, whether in chat or in funny pictures, what's the point? How, how is it showing people Jesus? How is it showing the character of God? How is it giving people hope? Abusive content, whether it's bad-mouthing people you know or including figures in authority, how is that helping spread the gospel? How is that helping spread the good news of Jesus? It's not. Adult content. Think of this. Should you go to the mall in your underwear? If you had to think about that, prayers at the back, you know? <laughs> no! You should not go to the mall in your underwear. Well, if you just posted it, you just did. Seriously. Social media is everywhere. I can be anywhere I want in the world and pull up Facebook, pull up Instagram. If someone posted a picture of themselves in the underwear, all of a sudden, hey, look who's at the mall in their underwear. The internet's a public place. We do not own what we post. If you posted it, someone got it. People are feeling lost and hopeless, church, looking for entertainment and things that make themselves feel good. It's a consumerism standpoint. They're looking for what they can get out of it. When I, when I see people posting things that are like that, it's like, man, they are hurting Parents, there are kids that are hurting out there. They're posting pictures of themselves and flaunting and doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, man, do you see it? It's offensive content, racism, sexism, other forms of discrimination, negative comments and, incent and incentive and degrading humor. Is it sharing the gospel? No, it's not. Conspiracy theories, doomsday opinions. Where is the life-giving gospel of Jesus Christ in that? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. You can give me all the conspiracy theories you want. My faith's in Jesus. My faith is in Jesus. He is bigger than any of it. Do what you want to me. My faith's in Jesus. I know where I'm going. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to share Jesus. Would we do any of those things I just listed right here, right now in this auditorium? Nope. Probably not. What makes it fine to do it from your phone or computer for friends and family and strangers to see? What happened to the church not being a building, but the church being us? 
Look at the church in Acts. They didn't have this. They had people that loved Jesus, followed him with their lives, and spread the gospel. That's how the church exploded. What fragrances are we giving off to God and giving off to those around us? If we are unsure of how we smell, then we need to ask ourselves, are we using the following language? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit. Let our witness bring glory and a sweet smell to God. We have an opportunity when we use social media. Instead of thinking of it as entertainment, can you think of it as, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations? Because church, the nations have never been so close together. When that, when that verse was spoken in Bible times, that was a crazy idea to spread the gospel to the nations because that would mean actually having to go and travel there. And they didn't have cars and planes even. But now they're literally on my phone, right? They're at, on your computer. The nations are at our door, and we have an opportunity, church, to step up. How do you smell? And number three, sorry, that was a long one. Number three, are you prepared? 1 Peter 3.15 says this, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. When we ask Jesus into our lives, we believe in that grace that has been extended to us that we are going to heaven and not to hell. It's all it takes is faith. It's a gift freely given. Don't we want to share that? There are so many people in my life that I would love to be able to share that with. I want them to know about the life-changing power of Jesus. We have the answer to people's hurts and pains. We, we need to be ready to share the good news, church. If someone asked you, why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you go to church? Could you answer that today? Once you open yourself up to hear and to obey God, you will notice your conversations with people may start to shift to you witnessing the love you have experienced. Okay, now that we're all through that, everyone can just take a deep breath in and out. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> the bottom line is, God is here. He loves you, and he's calling you into a different kind of life. Every single one of us. We are all doing the best that we can in these weird and crazy times, myself included, my kids will attest, in the beginning of this whole COVID thing, after being locked, cooped up in my house too long, there were moments where I just, I just yelled, just because, just to get out there, you know? Not because I was mad at anyone, it just, I was bottled up, I couldn't handle it. But I also know that God can use these times to make miracles take root. 
for revivals to pop up? What if it's a modern day time where we see healings, jobs restored, food on the table, money in our bank accounts? What if that was God's plan during all of this, was to showcase his power? That would be awesome. I fully believe he's more than capable of that. Jesus lived through crazy and weird times and what makes today any different? You want to hear crazy and weird times? They didn't have flush toilets. Gross, right? That's weird and crazy. There's all kinds of sicknesses plaguing the earth back then. Leprosy, for one. Oh, look, Bob lost his finger, right? We have this epidemic right now in our time, but we have the hope in Jesus that can conquer it all. So I want to give an opportunity for us to recommit our lives, to shake off the comfortable and say yes to God, I'm listening. We are the church. I want to say that again. We are the church. If we lay down, the devil ain't going to stop kicking us. So take a stand, church. Not against people, not against politicians, not against weird stuff. But take a stand spiritually. Be firm in your faith. Seek to live a Christ-like life, because that's the goal. He modeled it for us. 2055 20th Avenue, there's a building there. People gather there every so often. I think it says Gateway Church outside. It's just a building. You can call this room an auditorium or a sanctuary or whatever you want. But the church is the people. We're his temple. We're the carriers of Christ into our community. He chose to operate through people. And if we just lay down because we can't meet with more than 50 people at a time, I think we missed something. We're the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Never forget that. Let's live it. Sorry, I'm getting fiery. We should pray. As, we're, as I pray right now, some of you might be feeling a stirring inside, saying, I got some work to do. You know, there's some smells coming off that might need some adjusting, you know. Maggots have been gagged, right? I want to pray for you. Pray that, I want to pray for you that, that that anchor will be restored in your life, that will recenter, refocus, start following Christ again. Because that's, that's basically what it is. If, if we get off course and start to smell funny, it's because the leader's going that way and we're walking the wrong way. We need to course adjust and get back in line and follow the leader, which is Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you that you chose to redeem your creation. You chose to redeem people. You chose to work through people even to do the work. 
God, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to partner with you, to have a relationship with you, to smell good because of you. So, Lord, right now we take a stand. We say, God, have your way with us. Do a work inside of us. Cause a shift to happen in our spirits and in our hearts towards you. Help us be obedient to the call on each one of our lives. Help us to be disciples of you and to bring their gospel to the world. That call is not on just a few of us, God, but it's on all of us. To go in the world, make disciples, and to teach these disciples to obey your commands over and over again. That's the call. So God, we recommit our lives to you. We recommit to your purposes, to your plans. Say, God, have your way in us. Help us smell good. Help us make a sweet fragrance to you, Jesus. Amen. Don't let it fluff off from here. Don't let it just be air in the wind after today. Don't walk away from this place or from your homes and just think, oh, that was a cute message. Take a step seriously. Go to God, listen, spend time with him daily, and obey what he asks you to do. That's step one. No, if you've never asked Jesus into your life before, if you've never made that first step of being a Christ-following individual, I want to give you that opportunity right now. If you're online, you can click the button that says Salvation and enter some information, and we want to walk with you through that and give you resources and partner with you because it's an amazing opportunity. But Jesus has given us this opportunity to join in with him to receive his grace, to receive life everlasting with him, to be saved from ourselves, really. So why don't I pray for you, if, that's, if you're making that decision for a first time, and for those in the room, if we could just bow our heads as we pray, that would be awesome. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Actually, if you could repeat after me, that would be even better because then it's you praying it and not just me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the gift you've given. Thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, as the perfect sacrifice, a sweet-smelling fragrance to you. I thank you that it's not because of anything I've done, but because of what you've done for me that I can be saved. So I commit my life to you. I confess faith in you, Jesus, and I commit to being a follower of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you made that decision today, that is awesome. There's like a party going on in heaven. But church, what does your witness smell like? How are you smelling? Let's get rid of the stank and let's put on something better than axe. Let's get the smell of Jesus going on in our lives. Amen? Amen.